Welcome back to the Compass live stream, uh, the only and therefore the best live stream about proof of work mining. Uh, thanks for watching. Um, before we jump into today's conversation, I just want to throw out a quick reminder to like and subscribe to this video. If you are watching, it helps other miners find this content and also makes us feel better about ourselves. We have two very special guests on the show today to talk about the growth and some changes in regulation for crypto mining in Kazakhstan. Um, over the past couple of years, Kazakhstan has been a hotbed for mining activity and even more so now uh, with miners and almost all hash rate leaving China. Um, before we get into that, though, as always, shout out to my co-host, Will. Will, thanks for coming on. Uh, this should be super fun. Our guests are awesome. I'm excited for the conversation. Thanks for being here. Definitely. Yeah, thanks for setting us up. Really excited for this stream in particular. I've had a lot of conversations with uh, other Kazakh miners and others in the space who are just interested in knowing about mining in Central Asia. And I think to get two experts on the stream talking about this is going to be invaluable information. So without any further ado, two founders of, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Zive Mining. Uh, you can, perfect. Okay. So I'll take the nod as a yes. Um, I want to know a little bit about, before we get into your specific company and some of the, the tweets and news that we've seen coming out of Kazakhstan, can you just give us a high level overview of the state of mining in Kazakhstan right now? Like uh, who's operating there, how things are, are growing and progressing and just uh, like an update, I guess, on crypto mining in Kazakhstan uh, from your perspective. Overall, mining is booming in Kazakhstan right now. After Chinese ban, a lot of Chinese miners moved their mining machines here. And also like local guys, they were like growing uh, for the last year tremendously. We have uh, several large entities here. As you know, Energix is one of the, I think, biggest mining facilities maybe in the world. And we have uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis mining here. We have some local uh, large miners, and uh, I think today Financial Times published that Kazakhstan now is number two in mining after United States. So uh, they say like 18% of total hash rate in Kazakhstan. So uh, according to my uh, information and my uh, thoughts, it's uh, nearly uh, it's maybe. 18 to 20% because now power consumption is more than 1000 megawatts. So, and uh, also we face some problems from government because now they want to regulate um, this industry because it consumes a lot of electricity and now Kazakhstan suffers from electricity shortage. Uh, so they want to restrict or limit some mining activities now. Yes, this graph. So they published it today. And here you can see Kazakhstan like is 18% right now, I think, number two. Yeah, also uh, why it started in Kazakhstan, because after Soviet Union, we have, uh, uh, we have left a lot of infrastructure uh, and uh, we had a profit of electricity and uh, this infrastructure uh, left from Soviet Union. And uh, it was like a very big uh, profit of electricity that uh, country didn't use this electricity and uh, it was easy to start uh, mining in Kazakhstan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, right now, yeah. okay. Yeah. Can I ask a follow up there? Like the, the Soviet infrastructure being left 30, 40 years later behind it being used by Bitcoin miners, like that is a turn I don't think anyone really saw coming, but it is something that has helped Kazakh miners uh, move into the mainstream or be able to take on a lot of this hash rate. So, just from other conversations I've had with Kazakh miners, 
a lot of these infrastructure plays don't necessarily work as smoothly as they may hope because the infrastructure is maybe not equipped for Bitcoin mining or there might not be parts that are necessarily usable with some of these Chinese manufactured ASICs. Um, maybe you could dig into a little bit more about that Soviet infrastructure and how executive standing miners are being able to use that infrastructure that's been left behind. Electricity is like the same. Like if you have electricity and you can prepare infrastructure for any kind of equipment, like you just need to downgrade this um, electricity voltage and uh, just start mining and depends on uh, from which grade you need to downgrade. But uh, right now this infrastructure became old, like uh, it's all, almost 30 years uh, that Soviet U Union are uh, like we get independent from Soviet Union. And uh, this infrastructure like uh, built in like the 1960s years and uh, it's like more than 50 years old this infrastructure and uh, often happens some uh, emergency stops or uh, like a plant stops for uh, maintenance some uh, as some equipment in power station and during at this time uh, happens big deficits because miners like uh, uh, it was also uncontrolled um, uh, consuming miners of electricity, like uh, they just give, because of big profits, they start giving to uh, easily this electricity to anybody who like apply for electricity. And now during this uh, emergency stops ha happens big deficit and uh, a country like needs to buy some electricity from the Russia, like uh, around last month, it was around 300 megawatt. And tariffs for electricity there is like higher than in Kazakhstan. So in Kazakhstan, government regulates tariffs. They have limits for upside, like you can't sell uh, more than this price. Uh, but in Russia, the price is higher. So they buy from Russia, sell it here cheaper, and they have like losses. They bear some expenses. So that's why they need to cover this deficit. And they say like, first, uh, we need to uh, restrict or limit miners because they cannot restrict other industries and uh, households. And now it's winter season. Now, uh, some re in some regions, it's already snowing and people using more electricity. So the uh, load of the grid uh, is more than in the summertime. So <laughs> it also like, uh, it's, it is also a problem for the government. So they say we have to first secure uh, household with we have to secure hospitals, schools and everything and manufacturers and uh, in, in the least priority are miners. So that's why some of the mining farms are already disconnected from uh, national grid, the electricity supply stopped and uh, people are like miners looking for options like well, what can they do and government now lawmakers, uh, uh, miners and uh, energy uh, energy sector leaders are talking how to solve this problem. One of the solution can be like uh, the higher price for miners electricity price. Other solution is just restrictions. Uh, they have to restrict or limit some mining farms. And the uh, third solution is kind of mix of these two uh, first two options. That's really interesting. I want to dig into that a little bit uh, in just a minute. Um, I want to show in just a minute also some videos of the farms that you guys are building. But the, the energy uh, sort of spread or difference in prices that you mentioned is actually really interesting. Uh, and I imagine that that isn't necessarily something that's new that sort of existed like that for a while. Um, can you 
or maybe not. Can you sort of dig into that a little bit more and explain like how like the nature of those different power markets in Kazakhstan and Russia and the buying and selling power across different markets and maybe explain a little bit more why like miners are being targeted for something that has presumably existed for a while and, and other industries aren't targeted as much to limit their power consumption. Russia and Kazakhstan are totally like independent countries and they have their own regulation of this energy market. They have their own anti-monopoly structures which limit the price of electricity and uh, Kazakhstan also. And these limits are different. Uh, Ru- Russian uh, energy ministry, they allow uh, higher prices. So mm-hmm. average price for one kilowatt in Russia, in uh, U- US cents, it's maybe five cents. And in, in Kazakhstan, it's like 3.5 cents average uh, electricity price. So uh, what, what, what happens like during some deficits or during some emergencies, uh, if uh, Russia, Russian uh, South, Southern uh, regions have some deficit, they buy from Kazakhstan. And if Kazakhstan have some uh, emergency, they buy from Russia. So they kind of uh, support each other in uh, during the crisis. crisis. And uh, But they have some also... Uh, penalties for doing that. So if uh, they uh, unexpectedly consume more than they uh, negotiated before, then they have to pay some penalties. And uh, these penalties reflect on the price. So what what happens now in Kazakhstan, because Kazakhstan had deficit, so miners consume a lot of electricity, they need to buy from Russia and they pay a lot of money for them. And then they sell it here locally and mostly like this deficit is consumed by miners. So uh, obviously, governments say, why should we like subsidize mining in Kazakhstan? So why 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 should we spend money like all the country uh, to buy from Russia expensive electricity and then sell it here to miners cheap electricity? And also, uh, the prices of electricity in Kazakhstan is highly uh, regulated. It's not like a free market. If you power supplier, you cannot uh, like I say price your price and uh, sell this electricity government regulates these prices and because of uh, we think uh, because of this uh, some power stations are like uh, they don't have an interest to uh, like improve their uh, power stations and uh, because of highly regulation um, of prices of electricity That's really interesting. Um, I, I want to pick up on that note in just a minute on the sort of the regulations and the price differences and the market for energy that miners are dealing with in Kazakhstan. But first, I want to take a, a little bit of a detour and look at some of the farms that you guys are building right now. Um, I know we, on Twitter, at least, we see regularly some pictures and footage and things. And I think Damien has some of that uh, queued up for us here. So while we while we play some of this, do you mind just telling us we're looking at uh, and what you're building and give us an update on on your farms in Kazakhstan? Uh, if you see the picture, it's very clear. Like uh, the backstage uh, of this phone is like a from Soviet Union old buildings that uh, just left and uh, are not used for anything. Like and uh, there is our containers. Uh, movable mining uh, containers and uh, it's uh, yeah we are here building like 50 containers at a time and uh, each container um, yeah each container has 288 spots and uh, for last models 
like uh, S19, S17, Bitmain, and Miner. And uh, what's Miners? And uh, basically, we were like, uh, we didn't expect this deficit to happen. So these farms that you're looking at, it, 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 it is now stopped because they stopped uh, electricity supply. Uh, they say like there is a deficit and we need to restrict uh, you know, limit miners. So this farm now is like under some uh, government regulations. So we have to find some other places and it's hard now because everybody faces problems with electricity and government doesn't approve uh, new mining farms right now. So <laughs> we are also like under some stress because we put some investments in these constructions. We thought that we're going to do that this year. like, And uh, we started building all these containers and farms and now uh, government says no electricity for miners and uh, actually we are like kind of in uh, searching for solution how to start this mining farm yeah and uh, these containers like uh, we tried some uh, like uh, four or five manufacturers from kazakhstan and as well in from russia and the containers were uh, we did and also we tried end boxes and uh, it was not good uh, the most uh, manufacturers like they are not miners by themselves and uh, they only sell these uh, containers uh, for mining and um, we like uh, we couldn't find the best containers we can use and uh, we had to do by ourselves because we are miners and we know exactly uh, what problems we meet and uh, this is the best like uh, solution. solution for containers and uh, yeah it, it was like iterations like try and uh, fail so we first built one we saw the uh, minuses of it uh, like uh, and then we improved it then we improved again and now like finally we have some good solution for local climate <laughs> so in, because in summer it's like plus 35 in winter it's minus 35 celsius degree so like the weather is kind of harsh here so we have to uh, we have to adapt our containers for local climate as well and uh, like uh, also we, when we first started uh, this mining uh, bitcoin mining business uh, we burned out some machines like 200 S9s, more than 200 S9s. Yeah. And after this, we like uh, pay attention to everything. <laughs> yeah, just to jump in there, a few questions, I guess, from, from a very US-centric perspective, I'm wondering what the supply lines and getting all that infrastructure in place is like in Central Asia. Like those cargo ships or those cargo containers, wondering how you guys get those there. Like what are the supply lines to be able to move that equipment there? What's it like to get... All, even like the small cables and parts you need for putting a miner into a cargo container, what's it like to get all those things into Central Asia? Uh, you mean parts, parts for this container from the cabling and uh, yeah, most parts uh, like uh, we buy from Kazakhstan. We have uh, like a, there is uh, some electric infrastructure like uh, uh, stoppers and uh, the basic basic things and. Uh, well, we buy from Kazakhstan, but this uh, year we met difficulty with buying uh, containers, HQ containers, because it was deficit in uh, Kazakhstan. I think not only in Kazakhstan, it was defi deficit around the world. <laughs> and uh, some like uh, uh, water panels and ventilators and 
we buy from China because we border with China. It's not like an issue. Uh, and there's some parts like a cabling for uh, miners we buy from Russia. So I'm, I'm curious to know a little bit more about uh, before we dig into some some regulations and changes a little bit deeper, like obviously after China banned mining, those miners, some of them just put their machines in storage, but most of them left for other parts of the world like the U.S. or Kazakhstan uh, or parts of Russia or Latin America, etc. And miners coming from China to the U.S., in some cases experience difficulties with different types of power and hosting contracts and all of those sorts of things. So I'm curious to know from your perspective, observing miners going from China to Kazakhstan, was there any sort of like difficulty with those miners relocating and setting up, plugging their machines into Kazakhstan from like a infrastructural perspective and from power contracts and agreements and all those sorts of things or was it like a pretty simple process for miners to move from China to Kazakhstan? Uh, like we've seen headlines of many miners moving lots of machines to Kazakhstan. From your perspective, was it a difficult process or, or pretty simple? Uh, I think it depends uh, like from miner to miner. Basically, it's easy to, to do business in Kazakhstan because it's clear how to do it. Uh, all the documents are not so complicated. So if you want to do a power agreement uh, with, uh, with uh, power operator, you just have to register a local company. And I think it's quite easy here. So you maybe you can hire some consulting company, you will pay like 500 bucks, and they will do all the paperwork. And then you just uh, do the contract. In terms of infrastructure, it's also also like, uh, easy because um, I think we have similar electrical infrastructure with China. So we even had some neighbors, like Chinese neighbors, uh, in this farm, which is in the video. Uh, they brought 40 megawatts from China. They brought uh, end boxes they, and uh, end miners there, and also some. We saw some uh, Chinese uh, electrical infrastructure. <laughs> so almost everything they brought from China and uh, they just ad uh, adapted with some uh, maybe local uh, transformers and switchgears and uh, that's it. So most of the things they brought from China. So I think it was pretty easy for them if they can uh, react fast. So because uh, electricity was like limited, uh, whoever came first uh, was served first. So. That's really interesting. Uh, I think I agree that it, it, you know, it depends on the on the miner or the company. But I think in many cases, it, it was a little bit harder for some miners to, to move to the U.S. than what you're describing to move to Kazakhstan, which is probably a reason why we saw so much hash rate go from China to Kazakhstan. Um, and now, with you know, uh, so much mining going on in Kazakhstan. Uh, the, the government regulators and, and state-owned power companies and everything, you know, are starting to implement changes or propose changes, I guess, um, that, that are a little bit concerning, which is what I want to dig into more now. You know, a couple minutes ago, at the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned how um, there's the disparity in energy prices and the, the country of Kazakhstan wants to sort of not operate at a loss from selling power and curtail miners and all these sorts of things. I think we have a, a Twitter thread from you recently, uh, Damien, if you can throw it up, explaining some of the language or sharing some of the language from a recent uh, statement or proposed 
Oh uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, quotes of from a press release of recent changes. Um, can you can you both explain sort of like a timeline of some of these changes and proposals and and when all of this started? Because you, you've tweeted about it, you know, for for maybe a month or a few weeks. Um, when did all of this? When did all these conversations with regulators uh, start? And all of this sort of come into play. Uh, when you started noticing it, uh, how long of a process has it been, and, and what's what's been going on? One month ago, we visited uh, the farm, which was in the video, to see how the building of containers is going on. So there, we met our friends, and uh, they were very upset, like they were like uh, very serious. And we invited them for uh, for lunch and talk to them what happened they are also miners <laughs> and they told us that uh, the, the, there is going to be some huge problem uh, electricity deficit at the time they just uh, uh, discovered this news because they had some uh, connections in uh, government and they say like they are uh, they they are starting to uh, think how to how to like uh, deal with this uh, electricity deficit and uh, first uh, proposal was to restrict mining <laughs> so we didn't uh, believe that at that time so we said no, no you guys like are too serious about that uh, maybe just rumors so then we started to uh, uh, reach out like uh, connections and ask uh, whether it is true or not and uh, they said like it is true like uh, people in government like are talking about this so after maybe one week or two weeks the they made uh, some press release uh, like this keyboard and uh, energy minister had his speech in front of uh, lawmakers and they said like there is a deficit and we propose to limit or restrict miners <laughs> so it was maybe two weeks ago officially and four weeks ago like unofficially <laughs> and uh, from that time it uh, it's uh, developing really fast because uh, every maybe two or three days uh, somebody makes some new uh, proposal for example last week some lawmaker he said like we shouldn't restrict mining we we just should uh, increase tariffs for them so then other guys said like we should uh, give like only one megawatt for each miner in in total only 100 megawatts for for whole country <laughs> so they're making different proposals and they also put this on public uh, uh public discussion and also we can we we shared our views and uh, uh, it's getting like really fast cuz now they every day they like uh, they buy electricity and then sell it cheap so they have to make decisions fast that's really interesting and that's what i was curious about also if miners were were actively miners like yourselves were actively talking with these regulators and politicians or if you're you know just kind of having to sit and wait and see what happens like are they are they do you think they're genuinely looking for like your advice and input to try and find a good solution? Or do you think they're just going to bulldoze ahead with whatever they want to implement and sort of leave you to deal with it after it, after it becomes law? What, what's your, what's your perspective there? Actually, the like ready government is ready to listen uh, from our group, from our company. We have a lawyer, and uh, we asked. Uh, there is a working group 
we like from lawmakers, miners, and uh, energy leaders, and uh, they are talking in that. In, the, in this working group, uh, we ask to add our lawyer there because we also want to express our problems and uh, our proposals. So uh, hopefully they will add him and also other mining companies, as I know, they also like send their lawyers and uh, their representative uh, to participate in this uh, discussion uh, with the working group. So basically it's kind of working process and I believe it will be fair uh, in the end, uh, but uh, also we understand that there is a, also a deficit and all, we somehow need to sol solve this problem altogether. Also, uh, <clears throat> mining is uh, legal in Kazakhstan, like um, maybe four or five months ago, president signed um, the law that uh, miners are legal in Kazakhstan and they will have to pay taxes from 2022, from January. And uh, it makes some hopes that uh, uh, there will be only some regulations and we'll find some uh, best way during this neg negotiation. And one of these offer was like uh, they offered uh, miners can use electricity only from the renewable energy. Um, but it's not the issue. <laughs> it, it, uh, yeah, right now, maybe only two percent of the whole <laughs> of the whole like power generation in Kazakhstan is renewables, and also it's very expensive comparing to other sources of energy. That's an interesting little uh, inside look into the uh, energy mix in Kazakhstan because I don't think many people have brought up that subject. Obviously, China was largely coal-powered for a good portion of the year. Uh, so interesting to see that dynamic play out. Uh, one topic that we have not kind of delved into, but it's on the flip side of the coin for Bitcoin mining in your region, is that getting miners out of Kazakhstan can be hard, apparently. Uh, apparently, if you bring miners in, they more than that, they have to stay. Like it's hard to get them out because of taxes and levies uh, for moving miners out of the country. Uh, so I'm wondering if that was a reason that we didn't see more miners move into your region uh, because miners were a little scared of putting assets in the region and not being able to pull them back out without uh, suffering heavy taxes or losses. So I want to leave that open for comment. I don't know if that's definitive or true or not in the, in the, in the general or broad sense, uh, but I'd like to get a little more information about how easy it is to move in and out of the region compared to other places. Uh, we don't think it's uh, difficult just uh uh, some paperwork and uh, you just export back these uh, miners, but uh, mostly uh, miners will meet difficulty where to move these machines because uh, now it's really difficult to uh, allocate them. Like even I think in US, you, you need to prepare some uh, infrastructure at least. And uh, it's not so easy to just find uh, somewhere to relocate these machines. And also logistics can be an issue because yeah, Kazakhstan doesn't have a, uh, doesn't have a seaport. So it's like landlocked and you have to move with them to Russia. Then from Russia, from the seaport, you have to move somewhere. If you want to move for US, it can be quite expensive. And also they say like uh, in United States, you have 20% for tax for uh, goods from China. <laughs> so it's also like uh, some expenses, maybe easier way for them is to uh, 
find uh, some uh, electricity in nearby countries like Russia, maybe uh, Kyrgyzstan. Even Iran, maybe. Yeah, yes, or yeah. Iran is cheaper <laughs> logistics. Yeah, we have definitely seen some pickup in mining activity in Iran, not on the same level as, as Kazakhstan and other regions or other countries sort of located in that region. But uh, Iran just lifted their their four month ban on uh, mining. And so the machines are coming back online. Uh, we'll see, excited to see that that country's hash rate continue to grow. Um, one, I want to pick up on something you guys mentioned in terms of limiting power really quick before we move on to a couple other questions. You said there was one proposal to sort of set up a limit for all Kazakhstan mining to 100 megawatts. And that's that's like pretty, you know, pretty severe. That's not a lot of power, relatively speaking. Um do you think like there's a realistic chance of that actually happening or like what what is with all of these changes being proposed, what's the and as you think through your farms being built, what's the worst case scenario that you're preparing for if, you know, everything goes poorly? Um, and, and and also, like, what do you think is the most likely outcome? So what's like the worst case and what do you think is actually probably going to happen when, when everything's settled? Uh, we also called it like limiting one megawatt per miner for in total 100 megawatt is the most stupid uh, offer <laughs> proposal from I don't know from whom, but it was like maybe I, I didn't I don't know I I can't imagine how they proposed it like somebody like just said let's give one megawatt to each miner and just one hundred in total and <laughs> somebody approved it said yes <laughs> okay but then they said like it's for new miners whoever want to register new mining company and want to do mining they will be limited for. Existing miners, uh, it doesn't apply this uh, proposal. But for existing miners, they will check uh, proper documentation for each farm. So uh, they, they have some uh, requirements in terms of uh, documentation, and they will check it. If uh, you, you will not pass, pass this uh, uh, this check checkup, then they will uh, limit your electricity. Uh, for, from my uh, view i think the most likely outcome they will uh, restrict new mining farms they, they they will not allow to build new farms anymore but for existing mining farms uh, they will uh, maybe uh, let uh, mining just for huge players like uh, huge mining farms all the small and maybe medium uh, will be subject for restriction and limits that's interesting that's interesting because like as you say that in my mind that doesn't that seems backwards almost like if you want to limit power you would sort of let smaller farms operate and and limit the creation of new far of like large mega farms um I'm, I'm not sure what your opinion on that is but i guess do you ever think there's a scenario with the, with these new sort of somewhat severe power limitations um, that Kazakhstan could ever follow in the footsteps of China and sort of all out ban mining at some point in the future? Is that a concern for you? Or do you think it's mostly just a matter of uh, imposing restrictions on power usage and then leaving it at that and letting miners operate? Um, or is there, do you, are you concerned at all about sort of a ban like we've seen China implement uh, earlier this summer? 
for my perspective like uh, for my in my opinion like uh, for Kazakhstan it's also a big chance uh, for uh, um, renew uh, some uh, power grids like make some new investments because of uh, power prices regulated by, by government and it's very difficult to increase if uh, prices increase like people start complaining and uh, uh, it's really regulated prices and uh, they can use miners like uh, by increasing price to make some uh, investment for uh, power generations and uh, they also see these chances for like uh, anyway uh, population of Kazakhstan is increasing like uh, every maybe two years one million like uh, a few years ago we had a uh, 17 million population right now is 19 million and uh, anyway they will meet these uh, difficulties uh, without miners because population increasing power consumption increasing infrastructure become uh, older and older again and uh, they need like um, I think miners is a good chance to make some investment for power generation and as they also see it and I don't think it will follow Chinese uh, step and also the uh, president approved that mining is legal in Kazakhstan and from next year it's, uh, we will be uh, we will pay taxes for mining. Yeah, so as we're kind of wrapping up here, I do want to ask about the percentage of hash rate you guys think will continue to come from the region going forward. Of course, we saw that really interesting uh, data from Cambridge this morning that talked about uh, what percentage of the network is currently in Kazakhstan. So going forward, what percentage do you guys think it will be? Do you think it's going to be like higher than it is or kind of sit where it's at currently just based on uh, new tax laws coming in that won't incentivize more hash rate to come to that specific region? Uh, curious to get your thoughts for sure. I, I think it will drop because, <laughs> yeah, the, there is some concerns about uh, restrictions and also U.S. building such huge uh, mining data centers like for 700 megawatts for 300 megawatts and obviously when they will deploy all these mining facilities uh, they will get more hash rate and uh, overall percentage will grow also i heard that latin america like paraguay is also uh, have a lot of electricity and uh, some miners are moving there so they will also have higher uh, share of the total hash rate. Um, Iran also legalized it. Uh, some other countries when they, I, th I think even Africa, yeah, when they realize uh, how uh, how secure and how sustainable this mining business is right now, they will also develop some mining projects. And Kazakhstan now reached its limit in, in terms of electricity. Uh, it's already like 18% of total hash rate and no more electricity, so no more, no, no more new farms. So obviously this percentage uh, will uh, dissolve <laughs> in this growing industry. I think maybe fair percentage in the next five years will be between 5 and 10% of the total hash rate. Yeah, it will yeah, exactly uh, decrease because we're now consuming electricity more than we can produce this electricity. And uh, it starts limiting like uh, some, uh, also there is uh, some issues like uh, switched off miners maybe during uh, high consuming time, like maybe daytime and uh, during night night time they can let start miners like a few hours during the day during the 24 hours maybe yeah 
10 hours or 8 hours. Uh, we have here some uh, legend, like he was uh, head of uh, local nuclear uh, national company, and he said, like, mining actually is good for Kazakhstan because we we can build some uh, renewable energy sources, for example, solar panels during the day when the like Kazakhstan consumes this electricity, household consume, the miners will use uh, this uh, renewable energy. But during the night, when there is no generation from solar panels, they will use from national grid. And that will maximize the profits of power generators, of transmission company, of operator. So he proposed it, and we believe that uh, this is a good idea because uh, it, it helps everyone because uh, everybody uh, will utilize uh, the maximum capacities. Yeah, I, excuse me, I agree 100% with that. And a lot of those same conversations and ideas are happening in North American mining markets too, with uh, like intermittent power generation or sort of load balancing uh, for other power uh, energy sources and power grids. When there is high demand for energy, miners can use alternate sources. And when there's low demand, miners can step in and fill the gap. And the power producers can continue to make stable levels of profit and uh, their power generation levels can stabilize. Um, I think uh, the the individual you mentioned is spot on. Mining is great for energy markets. It's, it's a great activity for power grids. Um, it, it stabilizes and allows continued growth. Um, so it's exciting to hear that also, those ideas being put forward in the face of these power curtailment proposals uh, in places like Kazakhstan. Um, and like, as we are sort of wrapping up here, I can't thank you both enough for your time. This conversation has been super interesting to hear your perspectives on the development and growth and sort of some of the challenges that Kazakh miners are facing. Um, I, I want to turn back to Zive mining a little bit, just for one last question for you guys um, with these sort of some uncertainties and some of the changes that are coming. Um, and also, obviously, Zive looking to continue to grow and expand and operate normally. What does the next six to 12 months look like for you and your team as you're preparing uh, continued growth and expansion and trying to bring your other farms back online and also thinking about what could happen with these proposed changes? What are you guys expecting? Uh, what sort of growth or changes are you looking towards? What does the next six to 12 months look like for uh, your team and company? We think positively that everything will be all right. And also like we are building one facility uh, off grid. So it will uh, utilize gas and produce electricity. And then uh, we will not affect like national grid. We will be off grid. And uh, uh, so we will just continue this project and it, it will be successful in terms of business model. Then we will continue to grow in, in, in that uh, direction. So we plan also to uh, look for renewable energy. Like uh, what can we do with this? Cause government also wants to increase percentage of renewables in overall. And energy market in Kazakhstan. So maybe we will do some joint projects with government if, if they will support us. So we have a lot of plans what to do. And also we all want to visit United States maybe in January and see if there is some electricity there. So we, we, maybe we can start some facility there because <laughs> we just started to talking some uh, electricity companies and uh, tariffs are also good, like five cents per kilowatt hour. Now it's Com uh, competitive prices so you can do mining with this price so we are looking for options and we are continuing to do our projects 
Yeah, even we like uh, we have a repair center, like uh, also very uh, uh, very qualified, and uh, we repair uh, like a lot of miners, and uh, also it brings some, at least some <laughs> income. <laughs> For us, <laughs> yeah. One of our guys recently was visiting Bitmain uh, training center uh, uh, in Georgia, and he was like one the best student of the course. So they immediately say, maybe you should uh, like come and open repair center here, because a lot of uh, miners are already operating, and uh, uh, the repair center doesn't follow the growth of the miners. So uh, a lot of miners, and they need uh, more repair centers. So they. Uh, asked if he want to do something in United States. He came back and said it to us and we said, why not? Maybe you should go there, open a repair center, uh, then train some people and do repairs for these large facilities like 700 megawatt. Obviously, they will need some repairs. <laughs> also, our uh, software team, uh, we have uh, just our team right now in Dubai blockchain conference. We have a booth over there and uh, we are uh, launch, launched a new product just today. It's a mini farms, like uh, we put like a hundred machines and uh, everyone can buy from these machines shares, like, uh, and uh, can earn from Yeah. Be because we made the cloud hosting and uh, it was some issues because some machines uh, can be uh, broken and uh, like a for one, uh, for purchasing for one machine and it, it, it is dead, it is big loss for the uh, buyer, uh, for our client. And that's why like we decided 100 machines, even if two, three machines uh, dead, only 3% of income they will uh, lose. And uh, we are thinking positive and uh, <laughs> not stopping uh, our plans. Like, uh, good. That's awesome. Those sound like great plans. And uh, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I love seeing all the commentary and pictures and videos of the things you guys are building and the growth. And um, definitely when you come visit the US, if you're in Texas or Austin, that's where I'm based. So let me know and we can grab some beers and barbecue. And at some point it would be awesome, you know, to, to come over there also and see some of the farms you're building and some of the cool stuff you guys are working on. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and talking with me and Will about what you're building, about some of the regulations and policies you're facing and working through. Um, very bullish on Zive, on Kazakh mining, uh, despite maybe some of the challenges that you're facing uh, short term right now. And uh, for everyone watching, both of these awesome gentlemen are on Twitter. Uh, their Twitters are in the show notes below this video. You can go follow them, keep up to date with news and growth and changes coming out of Kazakhstan. Also like and subscribe to the video and the channel. It helps other miners find this video, this content. It makes us feel good about ourselves. But most importantly, thank you for watching. Uh, to both of you gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on uh, the live stream. It's been a ton of fun. Will, thanks for being here. And that's a wrap for today. It's been fun talking about Kazakhstan. We'll be back Friday with another stream. So we'll see you then. But for today, that's all we've got for you. Thanks for watching.